That's quite frankly how I feel week in and week out here on the chair shot. Even when I try to retire, our fearless commissioner won't let it let me. That this must be how the Undertaker feels. Greetings and citations, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Pod is War. Pod is War is brought to you by the good folks of Chairshot Radio Network in conjunction with thechairshot.com. Always use your head. And using my head, I got to be honest, I probably was not ever going to retire. I'm just talent, and talent tends to be prima donna sometimes. It just is what it is. But use your heads and go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and pick up an official chair shot t-shirt. We literally have something for everybody. Hashtag journalism. Save tag team wrestling. My personal fave, Jeez did the job. If you still want to support the defunct Platt Balazs presidential campaign we've got that shirt up there as well and many many other cool designs with the chair shot logo again i say it time in and time out day in and day out but it deserves repeating if you enjoy the content that we provide day in and day out on the chair shot the best way to make sure we keep providing that content is by going to perwestentees.com forward slash the chair shot please and thank you thank you and please and if you put in the promo code valentine's day you might get something off. I know next week, if you put in the promo code President's Day, you're probably going to get something off. But this week, try it. You might like it. I'm not saying it's going to work, but what the fuck can it hurt? ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot with the promo code Valentine's Day. You might get something off. And if not, buy the goddamn shirt anyway. Shit, you about to get your tax refund. You just got your W-2s. You got it. I know you got it. And you can't go anywhere because it's a goddamn pandemic. Anywho, I'm Mr. Velvet Pipes, Christopher Platt. As always, I'm joined by Andrew Snowflake Balls Belaz and the commissioner. Who, every time I think I'm out, he pulls me back in. Mr. PC Tunney. Tony, at what point did he think he was out? I don't know what he... It doesn't... doesn't It doesn't... Here, listen. It does not matter what he thinks. It doesn't matter what you think. It only matters what I think. Welcome to the Matrix. Clearly, he's wow. correct. I'm not even going to lie. He's uh, 100% correct. I, well, I mean, he ain't wrong. I don't know if he's 100% correct, but he ain't wrong. So can we talk about why my yeah, right. esteemed co-host, Mr. Belaz's hair, looks like he's got a bad toupee? I know it's all his. It just looks very toupee-ish. Because it's being very lazy, and it didn't want to move in the spot, and then I got the head 
headset on with the mic, so I'm like, fuck it, I don't give a shit. The problem is the, when you get older and you have, caring. yeah, when you get older and you have longer hair, it, it looks like that because your forehead's so big, so it's really just, you know, flowing from the it's top true. middle of your forehead. It gets lazy, floor, it gets you know. thinner, it just doesn't want to cooperate. See, sometimes. now me, mine just gets all weird and curly and crazy and weird. So, See, I, I know. forgot to use the Vidal Sassoon to give it nice body and this like is just, Cindy Crawford no. shimmer. So, this is just head and know. shoulders, man. This is just how my it's, it's, knees and toes as well. Yeah, look at that shit. Eyes, ears, <laughs> mouth, and a nose. You know, head and shoulders. Oh, nice. Knees and toes. Ear, white. nose, and throat. Doctor no, David. Yeah, knees, let's go. knees and toes, <laughs> white afros. <laughs> wow, that's great. No, honestly, you know you when Jewish? I no, when I hoop, no, but my my dad had red curly hair, so now I have like dirty blonde curly hair. But when I was younger and played basketball, still when I let it grow out, it was even crazier and. That was my friend's so favorite you look thing. Like Jackie Moon from oh, they were—they were like, "Yeah, it's the best. Your hair just flying around out there." So, yeah, it was back in my younger days. This could probably twenty plus years ago. So, Andrew, you probably need to put a little gorilla glue in that. I don't know if you guys are, are hip to uh, that whole <laughs> <laughs> that whole uh, those shenanigans which ensued this past week. Don't anybody sna- don't anybody snatch your let anybody snatch your weave balls. Yeah, no, nobody's going to snatch my weave or pull out the extensions, don't you worry. But, like, uh, Gorilla Glue, I remember that being the oopsie from, like, American Pie, where he thought that was lube, and then that had a whole different situation to it. So why would I need to put that on my hair, buddy? This ain't something about Mary. I don't I don't need hair gel. Well, okay, maybe just imagine maybe not putting it on your thing thing. We get to use but, imagination right now? All right. Imagination land, everybody. But perhaps you may have put it in your hair mistakenly. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Black Twitter, by the way, because this has been <laughs> all the uh, all the rage on Black Twitter this week. <laughs> <laughs> I shit you not. There's this woman, God bless her. She put Gorilla Glue in her hair trying to get it laid down. And, yeah, and shenanigans ensued. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's coming that, out with her hand, right? I mean, well, that's I'm the thing. They, it was coming off of a perm or a straight iron, right? And she was just trying to keep it down. I don't know all the particulars. All I know is this poor woman, and I, I can't even say poor woman because that's just a poor choice. But no, no, she that's put stupid, glue. but yeah, yeah, <laughs> she put gorilla glue in her hair, and it's not like she can because it's sticking to the scalp. So it's not as if she could just shave it off and start over. You know what I mean? Can I can I ask you guys but a question? But that's happening. Can I ask you guys a question? I'm not sure if there's further exploration on this topic or not, but I'm seeing a commercial for McDonald's spicy chicken nuggets, and they're saying it's back. Now, I worked for McDonald's a good 20-plus years ago. I've frequented McDonald's throughout most of my life for a quick drive through for a McChicken and a double cheeseburger for like $2.12. Do you guys ever remember spicy chicken McNuggets? A year or two ago. Really? Did you have yeah. them? They were I. Okay, I don't think I'm gonna try them. Sorry. See, I'm 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 with Tony on this because I had this conversation earlier with Amber. She got excited because Popeyes is. They said for the first time ever they have their fish sandwich, and I'm pretty sure at some particular point in time in the last forty years these melon farmers have had a fish sandwich at some point in time. So I, you know, so it's advertisement, it's advertisement. They say things. I mean, but Taco Bell does the same thing when they're like, nacho fries are back for a limited time. And it's like, all right, well, and then you bring it back every six months. But I guess it is still technically a limited time. 
Y'all have fun with that whack Arnold's, man. I haven't eaten whack Arnold's since. I think the last time I ate whack Arnold's might have been 2011. And that, that's just strictly breakfast. Strictly breakfast. I, I stopped from the, the quarter pounders and all of that shit because back in like 2007. Because last time I ate it, it made my heart hurt and it scared me. And I was still on the, the sausage biscuits and shit when I was still eating pork. I was still on that for a little bit. Biscuits and the last one I had. Yeah. yeah, but the last one I had. Have was I told you guys about my egg story? <laughs> yes, and the listeners yeah, don't need to that. hear it. Yeah. I don't know. See, that, that, that's the beauty of at least where I am with Wawa. So maybe it's an AM, PM with you guys or Caldor. Whatever you have that's like kind of a like a little little delicatessen type thing. Listen, Wawa has Sizzlies, and they have a sausage biscuit that's beautiful, and it blows McDonald's out of the fucking water. So that's usually what I go to if I've got enough time in the morning. Do you guys have but, spe- yeah. Do you guys have a Speedway by you guys at all, or no? No gas station. That's a gas station where I am not necessary. It doesn't usually have food though. Uh, see, the ones by us they have grill and everything. So in the morning they have like a chicken and waffle sandwich. Oh my god, it's so good. <laughs> Gas station sandwiches. Y'all, it's an episode that should have been named prior. Y'all in these goddamn gas station sandwiches. What is wrong with y'all? Do you, you can't do you... die. They've already got like the diesel or the fucking petroleum fumes in it, and you eat that. It still tastes good. It builds up your immune system. It helps against COVID. But your bitch ass wouldn't know that. No. That's what you do. The little yeah. cough, cough no. a couple months Yeah. Ago. Uh-huh. Look who's had it. Look who hasn't. <laughs> Looks like if more people would eat gas station sandwiches, we could finally get rid of COVID. All right, folks, I'm just going to make an executive decision. We'll be right back after this to topic number one. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thecheshire.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thecheshire.com. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. All right, gentlemen. This Valentine's Day, this Sunday, it's TakeOver Vengeance Day. We already have four matches scheduled. We're obviously going to have the fruition of each side of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. In addition, a triple threat for the Women's Championship match, which is going to include Tony Storm and Mercedes Martinez. And Finn Balor versus Pete Dunne, I would imagine, will be your main event. Probably get a couple of my matches tonight, at least one. You guys looking forward to this? I mean, for me, the the championship match seems to be the biggest draw. What is what better way to celebrate Valentine's Day than watching a bunch of sweaty, oiled up, homo erotic men in their underwear roll around on a big mat? Hey, hey, <laughs> half of That's the so card so far is also female, so. It works both ways, buddy. It's not just homoerotic. Well, I guess it's homoerotic if you're female. But, you know, the, most of the demographic is male, so that's just a whole different Pornhub character or category. Well, I, I was going to say, you know, I live in Atlanta, so that's like Tuesday here. Not that there's anything wrong with I guess that. I have to move. Fuck. You, you should, man. You do very well down here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'll take that as a compliment, no matter how that is supposed to be implied. <laughs> I like to be told I'm pretty no matter who's saying it, so it's okay. Hey, man, down here you just learn to accept the compliment and keep it moving like an escalator, man. You do the same thing up here, trust me. It's close enough to New York. <laughs> Touche. So, 
I don't give two shits about this takeover card. Andrew, I know you're not the biggest WWE fan, but you have shown somewhat of an affinity towards NXT. How are you thinking? What, what are you thinking about this card? Are you excited? Are you going to even watch the show? I'll probably catch pieces of it because my, my week is going to be slammed with other things we're going to be talking about later on in the show, so I'm not going to go into it too much. So I think Sunday I'm going to give myself a little bit of a break and have have AJ do most of the heavy lifting on this one. But looking at the there's only four matches. Like that's kind of nothing. I guess they don't have the North American title yet, so that might sneak in there for God knows what. But like Balor and Dunn is the only one that even really has heat matters like you got EO, Tony and Mercedes Martinez like EO and Tony have history even going back to stardom. So I get that. And Tony was the champion in the next UKU women's division. And Tony's probably the one they're going to try to crown with this match, even though I don't know why they bring Mercedes back down if they're not going to at least give her a short run. But either way, it doesn't really do a lot for me because I don't see EO coming up anytime soon. It just gives her a rivalry for the next couple months. The Dusty Classics, I mean... Why do I care about these? Like, a lot of them are just thrown together teams or new teams. Like, Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez. I do not like Raquel Gonzalez. She's gotten better, sure, but I'm not a fan at all. Ember and Shotzi, Candice and Indy. Like, okay, Candice and Indy have the way thingy with the Gargano way, but, like, I don't care. Ember and Shotzi is nice because they're likable, they're attractive, but what is that really? Like, who do I, what, what do I care about there? MSK? All right, being the Impact guy, I love MSK because they're the rascals, the best two out of the three, and Impact got stuck with the worst of the three. But, you know, Nash Carter, Wesley, Desmond Xavier, Zachary Wentz, whatever you want to call them, like, they're fantastic. They're probably not going to win, but, like, I want to just see them have a great, great go of it if they beat Legato del Fantasma and maybe go up against Ciampa and Thatcher because I'm assuming that's where we're going just to kind of keep Ciampa relevant. But, like, it feels it's a lot of it just feels like filler. It feels like getting us to a point instead of ex like it, it doesn't feel like a punctuation to a point. It feels like just getting us to the next paragraph or the next sentence or there's a comma and it's just like it's just so meh filler bullshit. So Zachary Wentz isn't that the guy that played Spock in the latest Star Trek Zachary movies? Quinto, buddy, Zachary Quinto. Don't act like I'm just so far off. Come on now. But and you're I, always I mean, you. Oh, it's like you're. <laughs> never mind. It's fine. I like it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All Zacks look alike. That that's the new thing from Chris right now. <laughs> hey man, if, if Bow Wow wants to get into the WWE, Zachary Quinto can also get into NXT. I mean, it's gonna be better than his rap career and his acting career. So good for Bow Wow, I suppose. Wow. Okay. Cool. Um, <laughs> so I I I gotta push back a little bit because the majority of NXT takeovers, as a matter of fact, I think all of them have between four and six matches. So I I, I can't let you use that as a detriment or as a determinant for not watching the show. I will. No. Like I said, there's other things we're getting to later for why I probably won't be watching it 100% like attentive to the screen, but what's declared isn't great either like it's just a bunch of tag 
fucking tournament shit that no one or okay i should say i don't care about because i don't feel strongly about any team aside from msk and we still have to go through the rest of nxt on wednesday and we're recording currently as nxt is starting so we don't know who wins that so if msk doesn't win then i significantly don't care even though i do love thatcher this is just a filler spot for him what do you do if he wins the tag titles Uh, who gives a shit let me ask you guys a question about the women's side is there any chance at takeover we see the presentation of nxt women's tag team championship belts before the match that the winners will win these and this is how we're going to move forward or 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 do you think maybe or do you think maybe there's an announcement where the winners are going to get a shot at the women's tag team titles with Nia and Shayna the the following week? That, that, yes, that. Because we don't need another fucking belt for a division that's kind of, I don't know, anemic is the nicest way I'm going to put it. Like, the women's tag division has sucked since it started, and you, you don't need to add more belts. But, you know, Chris, what do you think? I think there's too many belts in wrestling as is. And that's not just a WWE problem. That's an industry-wide problem. So I agree with you. I hope that's not where we go. Maybe I I like option two more than option one, i.e. they get a shot at one of these off-brand pay-per-views that we have before WrestleMania against uh, Big Fine and and Shayna Baszler. I I was nice there. I had some other things I could have said about Shayna or called her, but I was being nice. We have to realize, though, is that Shayna and Nia are a beautiful combination together. Even even if you have funny things to say about Shayna, they still work very well together. Oh, of course. And I, I love the pairing that, you know, WWE does those odd couple tag teams very well for the most part. There's been a few clunkers in there, but more often than not, they hit. And I'm enjoying what they're... I enjoy their chemistry and their banter back and forth. I can't say I enjoy what they're doing all the time, and I'm sure we'll get to that momentarily. I think their juxtaposition helps, too, because Shane is a great wrestler with not a great personality and not great mic skill. And Nia, Nia's charismatic and she's cute, but her wrestling is kind of leaving something to be desired. So the fact that they can pick up the slack for the other one, we're gonna we're gonna get to all that shortly. Let's finish off NXT here by talking about Finn Balor versus Pete Dunne. That's been established. What are the odds here that Finn Balor loses this belt? I mean, Pete Dunne is a guy who's been groomed for a long time. NXT UK now in NXT associated with, you know, the whole thing that for the brand and everything else that's been happening. Do you see Pete Dunne getting the ultimate push here in NXT? Is that the next step for him, or does Finn Balor continue to hold this belt? as we march toward WrestleMania. I love Pete Dunne. I I really do. And I I love Finn Bauer as a wrestler. I think it's going to be a hell of a match. I don't think Pete is going to go over here. I I think the only person that's going to take that title off of Finn is Killer Cross because they clearly have big things and big plans for him. It just so happens that he got hurt during his first championship match. But I don't think anybody's going to take that belt off of Finn that's not named Killer Cross, or or uh, what do they what do they call him now? Not Killer Cross. They can't use Killer. What was his name? Thank you, thank you. I don't. Pete Dunn has been a big, big proponent, or Triple H has been a big proponent of Pete Dunn, and he's kind of been groomed well. He was the runner-up to the big NXT UK tournament in the beginning for the British Championship, and then then he had the longest reign before Walter. Now I I don't know if Walter's officially passed it, but he probably will. But Either way, it, it makes so much sense, and it's also a perfect spot for 
McAfee to show back up. Like, McAfee had his little gang with, you know, uh, Lorcan and Birch and Dunn, and it'd be perfect if he comes in just to screw over Balor. And then that can easily spiral into Balor and McAfee having an issue, and then Balor maybe going back up where he belongs in the main roster, because it's nice that he's back in NXT. He got another championship run that was, you know, decent, but what's he really doing there? What, what What's his point, really? So this would elevate Pete Dunne. It would make him go from UK champ to NXT proper champ to then we can see probably within the year he'll probably get elevated to the main roster when he's been in he's been in NXT for, what, four years? Three years? Four years? How long has it been since that NXT UK tournament? Anybody? Bueller? They... They all run together since COVID, man. As far as yeah, know. I know that that's my problem. Yeah, I think it's two and a half, two and a half, three years, well, two and a half, three years. Time is a flat circle. Shut <laughs> up. Oh, you got it. <laughs> no, I got it. I got it. I got it. That's good. But yeah, so I mean, he he's been kind of treading water for too long. I think this is perfect to elevate him and to get him kind of getting some traction. Because I agree with you. I love Dunn. Dunn's a little undersized, but he's got that pit bull kind of look. He's got that grizzled look because he's not a pretty dude. And that is perfect for a badass. Like, he's pockmarked and he's got a decent physique on him. Like, fuck up people. Have fun. Be Pete Dunn. Fucking knock people out. Bitter end them. And, you know, move on up. And the way he works, it's conceivable that he can fox with somebody that might be much bigger than him. You know what I mean? He's got that, he's got that, that Sean Mike, that that he who shall not be named about them, that viciousness that you have to have as a He's smaller more competitor. He who you know? shall not be named than Sean Mike. But I but, get you. Yeah, yeah he but can overcome Sean, size discrepancy. But early Sean had that viciousness to him, too. You can't play Sean on that. He had a little viciousness to him. And, and most of the time, it was a shoot. But it was still a viciousness. <laughs> maybe. Maybe a little bit. He usually had other people be vicious for him. Because he was he was always a bit of a politicking bitch, and I don't I don't really ever see Pete Dunne being that. All right, cool. Ah, just what am I speaking out of turn? Really, between Nash or sorry Diesel and Sid, like you know, after he dropped Janetti, he didn't really do it by himself. By himself, you know what I mean? Yeah, you fucked up my segue. There we go. Fuck, good, fine. Then don't give me looks if you don't want me to keep talking, motherfucker. Boom. Whatever, Kevin Love. Let's just get to topic two. Still got a ring. Ladies and gentlemen, believe it or not, the biggest thing in WWE right now it not Roman Reigns is Bad Bunny. Shh. 
The top four selling merchandise products for WWE are from Bad Bunny. Roman Reigns is fifth, and Roman Reigns is not even at 5% of what the number one selling merchandise product for Bad Bunny is. Gentlemen, thoughts, comments on what is going on. The Bad Bunny explosion in the WWE. It, it would have helped if you actually played the uh, Booker T song. It would have been more relevant with the uh, sports entertainment that we speak of on these airwaves. I mean, it could have been. I just, I just definitely want to make sure he has the the New Day Who kind of queued up because I think we're going to refer to the IWC's reaction at some point. So if he doesn't have the New Day Who Who kind of queued up, I'm gonna be a little upset. So, Tony, are you trying to tell me that it was the Booker T song that you were playing to lead into this topic? Is that what you're saying? Simple yes or no was suffice, sir. I don't know. He likes sharing his screen, so we get to watch YouTube through Tony Vision. It's awesome. You do know this isn't a visual medium, right? I know, but I can see it, though. I know you know. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the commissioner. Look at GI Bro jamming out to Bad Bunny. It's fantastic. Perhaps even if you turn the volume up to make me look stupid, that would be a little better. But you haven't done that. Okay, he timed that perfectly. All right, so that was Booger T that he was playing. So Viva La Rasa, what the fuck? What you want me to do? All right, ne- neither one uh, of us are going to even pretend to be Bad Bunny aficionados or like experts on his musical discography. But like, I'm not, I'm not gonna doubt the man's pool and his his reach because we we've kind of been over that. We touched on it a little bit when we talk about lucha, and it's like you know you got El Santo. Like El Santo is bigger than any other North American, Japanese, European, anybody, because Mexican fans are rabid, and there's a lot of those fans that still buy into it. So even though they're not on TBS and you don't always say AAA or CMLL, like that doesn't mean that Psycho Clown, El Santo Blue Demon Jr., you know, Dr. Wagner, like they don't still have a bigger following than most people, like than Hulk Hogan or some shit like that. So it, it's, it's hard to argue Bad Bunny's pool, obviously, from these numbers of that he's 95% of sales or whatever the hell the actual number happens to be. Can I, can I just jump in the middle here real quick? Because I think the big point is whoever's idea it was to bring in Bad Bunny should be promoted and given a gigantic fucking bonus. They're raking in money hand over motherfucking fist over this. This is the one of the most brilliant ideas they've done in, in almost ever. This is insane. Monetarily, they're raking it the fuck in on a place they never thought they would have gotten a cash call from. Viva la raza! I bring that up. I don't know what you said, but I bring that up because (laughs) anytime Bad Bunny is brought up in my household, I have the exact same conversation with my lady. I I turn to her and I say, hey, you heard of this Bad Bunny? And she says, yeah, he was the guy on that song with Cardi B that I like it like that. And then I respond, oh, was he the guy that said, Viva La Raza? And Amber responds, I- I'm not sure, because there were a couple of guys on that song. That's literally the conversation every time, every time we bring up Bad Bunny, and I always forget, and then once we go through the conversation, it comes back to me again. 
I'm the old dude in the club, though. Like, this isn't for me. Like, this Mellow Farmer had, what, 86 million YouTube hits for one of his songs? I mean, this is brilliant. It's like Tony said. It's absolutely, positively fucking brilliant. And if the rumors and scuttlebutt are to be believed, he's going to have a tag match with Damian Priest, a guy that I'm much higher on than my colleague here, Mr. Belaz, versus The Miz and Morrison, which is perfect. It's absolutely perfect. Number one, isn't that The Miz's character? A D-list celebrity who thinks he's the biggest star since the sun? So that's absolutely perfect that you would pair those guys up. And Damian Priest gets a, a highlighted match at WrestleMania, which, you know, is going to... I'm, I'm sure they're going to go over and, and Bad mm-hmm. Bunny get to do his little one spot or whatever the case may be. But yeah, this is absolutely brilliant. And well, I, I know you, you're going to get to the IWC and I have my, my thoughts on that as well, but shout out to them. And I, I've been critical of WWE saying that they needed to do something to reach out to the younger demographics because the demographics that watch their show are getting older and older. This is it. It's not for me. I don't give, and I, I, frankly, I don't give a shit, but it's not for me. This ain't my music. This ain't me. I'm the old dude in club at this particular point in time. So kudos to WWE. And I'm with Tunny. Whoever's idea this was, yeah, they deserve a raise. Like, for real, for real. And maybe it'll maybe it'll bring younger eyeballs. Maybe it'll bring that Latino market back to the product. Maybe it won't. I don't know. But well, I mean, that, that's the beauty of utilizing Damian Priest in this in this angle is the fact that he can bring in the Latino market because sure he's pushing 40 and he doesn't look like it Two, he's a good looking guy. So the fact that he's a good looking Latin dude paired with this popular pop star, like what's not to like about him. And you could just spin it off of that. He could be something gigantic. Do you feel like Damien priest is on the verge of having a DDP run? Because look at, Getting paired with someone famous like DDP did it, like came in late. Carl Malone. Yeah, I mean, like I, I, I mean, shit. Damian Priest would take half of what DDP accomplished at this point in his career up on the main roster. I mean, legitimately. Legitimately, but, he's got five years at least left on him, which is about as much as DDP's run, really. Right. So, but I'm saying I think if he Priest's could ceiling is a little higher than. Than DDP is just because he's got the height. Okay, he's but like how many six seven six eight shoot? DP DDP was six five six six with the hair. I mean, yeah, but that was in the year of the Giants, so, so you know what I mean. Right, but at the same time, how many world championships did DDP have? Four. Well, just, just, so just Damian Priest man, gets two. That successful run in five years for him with the crowded main event status in the main roster for WWE. Real, yeah, real quick, man, before y'all, before y'all, you know, finish your yeah your argument. I just want to finish my thought real quick. And Sorry. I was saying, you know, maybe it might work to bring in the younger demographic and the Latinos. Maybe it won't, but at least they're trying something. So there, there's you know, and it, it clearly, at least in sales, it seems to be working. That's all I wanted to say. Please continue. Fight I mean, the, the best aspect, no, the best aspect I was bringing about was the fact that you got Angel Garza, you got Andrade, and you you've got a lot of good like good working good looking good everything like latino wrestlers that you don't need to be like this is eddie too this is the masked rate too this is just it's something that you can easily build on to bring in eyes especially if you have this whole bad bunny 
demographic that jumps in. That's why with Come Angel on, Garza, no. listen, no. with Angel Garza joining Miz and Morrison, it's a great way to create a heel character for that Latino yep. gra- demographic. Exactly. And that's why you bring in Booker T for the third man for WrestleMania and you have a fucking three on three because Booker T is going to put asses in seats, if you will. It's going to oh. draw more people. Booker and T will. And it's the song. Like, there, there's too much of a parallel Huge. there to overlook He's got to be back. But yeah, Booker T is a name that will draw eyes because he's Booker T. But yeah, so Gar- Garza's utilization, Priest getting a bit of a rub off of the Bad Bunny thing, and then Bad Bunny getting the the wrestling rub, it, it, though he doesn't really need it, like off of Priest and everybody. Like, Miz is going to bump for him. Morrison's going to bump like hell for him. Like, you're putting him with the perfect people that'll just sell it and make everything they do look fucking impactful and amazing. So, it's going to be good. It's going to be a hell of a, a gimmick. It's going to be fun to watch. I love that idea, Tony, on so many levels. So, that being said, if that's where they go, even if they don't bring Booker into this, even though I love that idea, we all know that it's going to be Bad Bunny that gets the fall at WrestleMania because that's what's going to generate the most headlines. It's going to be all over the internet. You might be able to get Sports Center with that. That's how it's going to go. So, oh, who yeah. eats the pin? Who eats the pin? Morrison. To Bad Bunny. Morrison? I- I'm, saying, I'm saying Garza, if that's the case. If, if oh, it's, it, in the six, the six idea, yeah, probably Garza, but if not, Morrison. No. If Miz would be more than happy to be pinned by Bad Bunny. That's more publicity for Miz. That's why it, he says, I will take it. It benefits the Miz the most to lose the Bad Bunny. I mean, both of them are still in a good spot either way. I can see them both arguing over who eats the pin. You know, before the match, because Morrison needs a rub, and Morrison could easily get a main event. Yeah, but main event. Rub yeah, it ain't later. happening. But yeah, it 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 it's gonna be fine either way. Like whoever eats a pin, no. even if it gets fucked up, whoever. Like I th- I think Morrison, just because I could see more happening with Morrison, because you did bring suddenly bring him back. Miz had the the briefcase, and that didn't go anywhere. But. We'll no, my friend, you are wrong. See, number one, if it's Garza, yeah, he's going to eat the pin if they do the six-man. If it's not, it's going to be Miz. Yeah, the we all agree with Garza they thing. gave him back the Money in the Bank briefcase, which leads me to believe that at some particular point in time, Miz is going to cash that shit in and be successful. Not saying I want to see it, but why would you give it back to him mm. if that's not what you're gonna John do? Morrison's gonna, gonna no Morrison's gonna screw him out of it and turn face and then they're nah, just gonna nah, and nah, they're gonna yep and they're gonna and everybody's gonna think that he's gonna get a title I know no I'm you both of you but they're gonna eat the pin because he has the briefcase and the briefcase holder loses everything all right we need to get to topic two topic two 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 B we need to get to topic two two sub A sub B two we need to get to second topic on topic two we need to get there. No, do it! I went to the salon with her, and I got my asshole bleached too, and I love my new asshole! What? You want to keep talking about fucking Bad Bunny when we can talk about Nia Jax's asshole? I mean, we are assholes, so that's why we like to talk about other assholes aside from this asshole. Go ahead, Platt, finish your thought. Go ahead, Platt, finish your thought. Touche, motherfucker. (laughs) You're not going to finish your thought now? No, Andrew stepped on my response, which was touche, motherfucker. You were absolutely right. Let's talk about my Nia Jax asshole. So, okay, so, I mean, she's your big find. She is, she is the one that you do not allow slander on the airwaves. So, uh, exactly how deep into her hole are you right now, buddy? 
can one of you melon farmers or yahoos at least set it up? You can set the table, goddammit! I don't think there's anybody listening to this that hasn't seen the gifts of my hole. And then it goes through, like, the Bully Ray saying, my balls. Or fucking Shelly Martinez saying, my vag, back at the fucking TNA pay-per-view a few years ago. Like, it, it's the holy trinity of orifices. Like, we finally hit that point. It's fantastic. Nia Jax is fulfilled. She's rounded out the whole trinity. Isn't this fantastic for you? Aren't you happy, buddy? Don't you just want to just go into it? <laughs> Tidy spa. <laughs> Tidy spa, a bidet, a bidet company offer ambassador role for their company. Say say that again because you were laughing That's when you said it. I need you to say that again. Tidy spa, a bidet company, offered Nia Jax an ambassador role in their company due to this. That is for real thing <laughs> that you can look up on the internet. Tidy spa. Oh, my hole. Not anymore. All because of her hole. Like, why did they? Would someone in the back challenge her to do that, or did she just think like, "Oh, that would be funny"? Or I think she thought really it's funny. You, you, y'all really think she said that of her own fruition? I guess. Yes. Really think, I guess we're talking Nia about it. Jax is like a funny bitch. Like I've seen the shit she said to Lana, and like the whole "What do you think this is a Disney princess movie or something like that?" And then like. When she's like, oh no, we're friends, that psych bitch! And it's like, she comes up with this dumb shit that's so corny, but it's fantastic, the timing and the way she says it. Like, I, I really, I 1000% think she thought that was funny, so she wanted to pop people. <laughs> Number one, shout out to Nia Jax's whole getting an endorsement deal. I mean, it's a lot of women out here making money off their holes on the OnlyFans, and shout out to them as well. Get your monies, boo-boos. I'm not mad at you whatsoever. This shit is hilarious. I can't believe that people were legitimately mad about this or upset or rolling their eyes. This shit is hilarious. Who was mad about this? It's fucking hilarious. Is it, is it possible that she had hemorrhoids at the time? It was like, oh, my, oh. Possibly. I, I, I felt triggered by that statement. I... <laughs> oh, that's true. You did just recently go into that conversation a week or two ago. So, uh, how how's the donut treating you, buddy? You okay? Shut up. They just flare <laughs> up every now and again, but I still feel triggered you, you, by that comment. Yeah, you know the only one, the only person you have to blame for this coming up with your inference on it is yourself. <laughs> your yourself. Ah, blow me. Shout out to Nia Jax. Oh, I hope she right. takes that bidet contract because that was... Shut up. That was hilarious. That was a bidet contract, some preparation age, maybe like, like like whatever, get her own... Oh, see, that's what WWE needs to sell. It's like Nia Jax donut for hemorrhoids. That's fucking fantastic right there. No, yo, no, 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 no. You're on to something. And then you put the likeness of Nia Jax on the donut. So then it, you know where I'm heading. You know where I'm yes. going, Andrew. You yes, know where I'm going. So all the commercials, Nia's there with the donut, and now you can sit on my face. Hey, I'm not like most girls. <laughs> There's got to be a cord you can pull to it, too, where it has a little audio speaker in it, and it's Nia Jackson says, oh, your whole sit on my face. <laughs> but when you sit, it's going to be like, oh, 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 I hope that came across well on audio. It, it came through well enough. You didn't quite sound like Kenny from South Park, but I, I got it. I understood it. But, yeah, no. 
This is great. I mean, it's not The Rock Strudel or 316 or anything like that, but, like, it's fucking hilarious, and she'll be able to do something with it. I mean, she was able to do stuff with legitimately injuring people and breaking noses because she turned that into a gimmick. So this this is, ev- this is like, legitimately a gimmick that she could run with, and people won't have any, like, ill feelings because there were real injuries or whatever. So good on her. And shout out to AKA Big Fire and Nia Jax. I enjoy her a lot more than most people do. And everybody doesn't have to be Luthez or Bret Hart in the ring. She's not. But her character, she's hilarious. And she's a good heel. She plays a good bully. And yeah, I hope her and that bidet company can come to an agreement. And I hope they pull the Nia Jax donut so millions and millions of fans within the WWE universe can sit on Nia Jax's face. Let's get to topic three. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. All right, folks, this weekend, it's a big weekend for Andrew, and we'll start here like this. Impact Wrestling, no surrender. Plenty of matches on this card i'm i'm gonna let andrew kind of uh pump this up for everybody what are you most looking forward to here this weekend from impact wrestling andrew why is it a big week for andrew what did grinder tick back up after uh the whole uh, coronavirus well no he's not only got to cover this but he's got to cover a couple of things we're going to be talking about in the next topic so don't ruin it exactly just just roll with the flow brother related will you stop it I mean, just not not necessarily not either, jeans, but and I know what colors go with what colors. Doesn't mean you to make those assumptions, Mister. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but please. Of course continue. not. We support everybody. We love it. Love is love. Who's that climbing out that, of the that, window that, behind that, you? That's a, that that might have come off sounding sarcastic or, or condescending, but yeah. no, like whoever the fuck you like, as long as it's not a child or an animal, fuck it. You know, have fun. But um, the love is love, except for the dwarves. You're on your own. But whoa, 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 you could be into that. There's a category for it. Don't, don't give, don't, do not kink shame my midget people. My midget people, they, they know it. They, they're down with that. I got nothing. Continue. <laughs> All right, let me. I wasn't sure if you had anything. Let me just, <laughs> let me just, you want me to highlight the championship matches quick? I mean, if you want to, I know what they are, but if you want to actually chime in for impact, because I know you don't do that too often. Well, we got Fire and Flavor taking on Havoc and yeah. uh, what, Nevea? Nevea? Nevea. Yeah, there you go. Nevea. I said it, I said it right the first time. Texas Tornado no disqualification match. What, what do you expect in there? I expect a lot of shenanigans, honestly. Like, I know that Chris is higher on Tasha than I am, and I'm higher on Kira than he is. But that could be an aesthetic bias either way, because they're both gorgeous girls, and they talk well. They wrestle okay. 
And Havoc, Havoc is a monster. Like, Havoc, and that's putting it nicely. Like, I'm not even shaming, because she's just bigger than the girls, and she beats the fuck out of people. Nevaeh is adorable, and she's a perfect um, counter, counterbalance, contrast, juxtaposition, teammate, whatever you want to really call it, for uh, Havoc. And it's going to be fun. I feel like Fire and Flavor should hold on to the titles and find some way to ha- kind of shenanigans their way through it because they are that damn entertaining that even something as cringy as the Fire and Flavor Fest that happened a couple weeks ago could be stomachable because they're just that charming in their their chihuahua yappy kind of you know way of doing the, the talkative heel thing. I'm okay with it. The match probably won't be anything to write home about, but it should be fun, and I expect fun. That's all. That's all I really expect from Kira and Tasha. Honestly, there's one match that I'm really looking forward to. Let's slide on over there. The X Division, TJP taking on Rohit Raju, or I, what was he? Didn't he have a dragon nickname before that? No, he oh. was Hakim Zayn in the Indies. No, before and that, his, he was his something. Dragon. Finishing move was the Dragon Stomp. He was the Mad Dragon That's... before that. Where was he on the Indies? Yes. Is is that from your uh, Bruce City Wrestling times? Like you saw him there? Because he's been around. Like I, I don't, I don't know exactly. No, so Mad Dragon. I knew he was Hakim Zayn. I didn't know the Mad Dragon thing. I can't remember what. You keep talking. I'll, I'll try and find out when that was. No, that that's fine. And TJP Rohit's been fantastic because Rohit is a perfect old school heel where it's not even it's not even a racist angle he's taken because he's just the he will piss you off, he'll fire you up and he he calls people nimrods. He like goes full 80s early 90s with his his promos and his shtick and he's damn good in the ring too. Like he pulls off some athletic crap, but it's all smart. It's all it all makes sense. It's not just movement for the sake of movement. And I love that, and the fact that he brought in Mahabalashira back as his uh, as his heavy, as his enforcer, to kind of get one over on TJP, or Manic, or whatever gimmick TJP is using at the time. So it, it's all good, and it's it's definitely great for the the Indian community because of the simple fact that it, it's representation for them and not in a racist way not where he has to be like the Punjabi playboy or Bollywood boys or something like that like he's just Rohit Raju and he will fuck you up like it's fantastic and he's just he's just a typical heel doing Ric Flair style stuff but he just happens to be you know mocha skinned so number one I agree with everything you said regarding Tasha and Kira number two this particular match it's funny because T.J. Perkins, he's a heel. He's a natural heel, and I don't understand why people... I know WWE tried to steer into that skid, but nobody gives a shit about 205 Live. He's a natural heel. Just rock with it. He's got one of those punchable faces anyway. And when they tried to make him that white meat baby face and had him win the 205 Classic, it it, it just came across corny to me. But now I know why. better, though, because they they paired him with Falaba. And Falaba is the, the big heavy sumo panda guy and they're both Filipino and that's what they bonded over is being Filipino Americans and the Filipino tag team and you can't hate Fala like Fala's Fala's charming in a big squishable you know fat guy kind of way and saying it in the nicest way like everybody knows what I'm talking about so like that was a perfect pairing they've 
kind of taken him apart a little bit to to show that Rohit's still a heel, but TJ is TJ had to fight from underneath to get one over on Rohit, and now it seems like Rohit is just trying to act smarter or find a way around the workaround, and it, it's clever. That's fair, and shout out to the Filipino community because if you know anything about Asian, the Asian community. Filipinos are basically the Negroes of the Asian community. So I'm always going to have love for Filipinos. And I'm not just talking shit. Like, that's for real. That's how it works there. Which makes me feel even more complex. Or not complex, but more perplexed that I don't like TJP. But he's just not likable. I don't give a shit who you are. He's not likable. Like, have you seen his tweets and the shit he says? Yeah. Like, there, there's been shit he said on Twitter where he's like, you know, he thinks he's been the best wrestler in every match he's ever had, and he's never learned anything from anyone ever in a match. He's wrestled against Jushin Thunder Liger, and he's never learned anything. He's just that fucking good. No, fuck you, idiot. Like, I'm like, it's one thing to be cocky and arrogant, and it's another thing to, like, drink your Kool-Aid so far or that you're, like, your biggest follower, and that's a fucking problem. Yeah, but again, steer into the skid. He's a oh, no. natural heel. Let that shit ride, man. I mean, hell, look what it mask again. I like when look, he doesn't talk. Look what it did for Floyd Mayweather and low, the, the, on the lowest of keys, Floyd Mayweather's actually a decent human being. He's got his faults, but we're not gonna go there. But compared to TJP, Floyd Mayweather is fucking Mother Teresa. I don't know Floyd well enough to really confirm or deny but you know I'll acquiesce uh, to your uh, your knowledge on Mayweather more so but uh, anyway so the biggest match probably from No Surrender is the tag match with I mean if you want to talk about it Tony you can chime in I don't know after we get going you like to just kind of take a back seat sometimes don't you have an IPA to go drink fuck uh. alright Go, go right, there, hey, look, at that, look at that. Anyway, so it's shut the up, one that I know we all want to talk about. Your, hold on, shut up and go make your eggs in the microwave, Tony. Oh, that's go true. Ahead. It's been an hour. You need to make your souffle. Go ahead, balls. So I know none of us really want to talk about Rich Swan versus Tommy Dreamer. It's going to be a better match than we expect, but it's going to be throwaway. Who fucking cares? It's rehashing the old Terry Funk match from ECW, the old guy getting a title match. Meh. Oh, wait, wait, Tony has insight. <gasps> Impact Insight? Wow. With Impact working with AEW, do you not see Tommy Dreamer versus Kenny Omega on AEW as Dude, the champion? Stop. And that's the guy that gives the belt to Omega? Stop it. Yeah. That'll be right now? It's... <laughs> oh, okay. That, that answers it. Never mind. There we go. That's the reason for that thought process. Anyway, so yeah, we're not talking about that. Rich is, Rich is retaining... Then he'll have his match with Moose and think, hopefully, hopefully, Moose takes the fucking belt off of Rich because Rich is a solid worker. He's, he's a great champion, but he's not a main champion. And I would love to see Moose versus Omega. I would love to see Moose versus most people, as we talked about last week with Ray, where Moose versus Edge would have been a damn good match in my head. But the, the real money match is the Good Brothers which now got turned into a three-way dance. So it's the Good Brothers versus Beer Guns, which is James Storm and Chris Saban, because Alex Shelley had to take this taping off because of his shoot job being a nurse and different COVID kind of violations and, and issues that could have popped up from him taking the uh, the shots. Versus Matt Hardy 
and the private party, the hardy party, big money Matt. So, how do you feel, Chris? Because I, I know you, you've been huge on Private Party before AEW was even really a thing, and you were popping for them in the tag tournament when they beat the Young Bucks in the first round. So, how do you feel about this gimmick, the, the, the angle that's being shot, this shot right here with the tag titles? Like, what, what's going on with you? Where are you at? I would love to see Private Party win. Do I think it's going to happen? No. But... I think it behooves them, which means it's in their best interest to be in there with four other veterans to show them how to work. You know, they're super talented. They're super athletic. They're super charismatic. They just need more reps. That's the only problem with it. Plus, they're super young. I mean, I think those guys are, what, like 22, 23 years old? So they're super young. (laughs) So I think it behooves them to be in the ring with four veterans that all know how to work, and they can maybe slow them down a little bit. Uh, show them how th- their high spots can matter. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have yeah. to do 50, 50, 11 things in the ring, especially if you have charisma and you can talk. So I'm, I'm looking for I think it'll be a fun match. I don't think they're going to put the, the belts on private party, but at the same point in time, you've got to do something to make this beneficial to AEW, don't you? I mean, AEW already kind of invaded the impact zone and made them made Impact look stupid using former Impact people to kind of pull the wool over their eyes one time. And oh, okay, but be, let's let's be honest. Who's benefited more from this collaboration, AEW or Impact? I mean, come on, man, honestly, be honest. That, that's that's a hard argument because that gave House, them guns wait. and gallows. No, 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 listen. That gave them guns and gallows. It gave them the Bullet Club gimmick. It gave him Kenta showing up, which I don't know if that's literally a forbidden door opening or if it's just New Japan wanted to play ball to get their fucking title back because, you know, Moxley's been holding it for God knows how long doing nothing. So we'll see that in the future. But it's it's a Bullet Club angle. It runs nicely. Everybody loves the Bullet Club. So I don't really think it's done much for either side that hasn't already been established like sure the first couple weeks it was popping impact numbers but the same number of people watch AEW that watch AEW it's the same 800 ish thousand people it hasn't gone up to a million it hasn't gone up to a million point two like their first show like it's hard to really argue that it's benefited one more than the other when it seems like the groups have kind of settled and we're back to where we usually are. Where there's the Impact crowd, there's the AEW crowd, and then there's the there's the Bullet Club crowd, if you wish to call it that. So you literally just proved my point. I, I you know, the Kenta thing. I think that's more of a melting of the ice caps in the Cold War between AEW and New Japan. But the fact that it at least initially popped Impact, and I don't know if it, I don't think it popped AEW. Like the same AEW people that watch AEW are going to watch AEW, right. but at least it got New Japan, not New Japan, it got Impact's name in people's mouths again. So I feel like that was a net win for for Impact. Maybe. I mean, I'm. It's closer to you being correct than you being wrong. I just don't feel like there's been a lot of ticking power with the AEW crowd. Is all I'm saying. Is like I feel like they stuck around in the little bit of the beginning, thinking. Omega might have done something cool and now they've kind of tuned out unless they know something's going to happen so we'll see we'll see because the, the Twitch chat has been kind of at the same 6,000-ish that they've been at recently because I, I like to watch it kind of with access and Twitch up to see the differences and uh, we'll, we'll we'll see but you're you're not wrong um, I, what I, I mean I'm though, just saying man it's, it's the same it, it's the same one 
to 1.2 million people in this country that are watching all yeah. the wrestling shows. Yes. So, I mean, it, it is what it is at this point, man. We just better hope and pray that Bad Bunny is the fucking messiah <laughs> at this point. I think, <laughs> it's going to break me. <laughs> the only meat left on the private party bone that I wanted to get your opinion on was, is do you like the fact that Hardy is taking the old school promoter or the shifty agent or the the shitty white guy basically leading on the young impressionable black guys where he's basically telling the kids like oh this is what you're going to get and I'm taking 50% of your money but it's fine because you're going to get more money if you're champion so you'll still be millionaires and I'll still be millionaires but you know you, you'll still get more money if you win so it's okay and he's basically leading them on by the nose to be like oh yeah you're heels because I'm telling you to do this shitty shit but it's okay as long as you're listening to me and then when when shit comes down like an impact when they're like oh yeah because you interfered now it's a triple threat and then he decides to scold them it's like oh why the fuck did you interfere how could you do that you screwed up our money it's like do, do you like the it's not necessarily a stereotype but it's definitely playing on older stereotypes and stuff that's been around like do you like the promoter taking advantage of the impressionable young black athlete type thing the gimmick that the the big money Matt thing has over private party. I mean, it is what it is, man. In regards to professional wrestling, there's always gonna be some bullshit in there when it comes to black wrestlers, or not even just black wrestlers, just you know wrestlers of color in regards to the storylines, because you still got a bunch of old white guys back there writing these storylines. Honestly, at this point, go ahead. No, I was just gonna real quick frame it in a way of do you like the fact that they're still mostly baby faces and it's just the fact that Hardy and Tony Khan and Jerry Lynn are doing the heel stuff in their name but they're still they're still baby faces they're still themselves and they're just trying to make the promoter happy so to speak when they're not being shitheads directly you know what I mean yeah I know what you mean I'm frankly I'm just happy they're in a storyline because okay, I mean, one thing, yeah, that, I'm I'm happy there in the storyline because other than the elite, and I'm gonna include Cody in that. Other than the executive VPs, <laughs> how many storylines have other talent really been in? I mean, yeah, we got Miro, and you know he got busted up, and he was pissed because the Mama's Boys broke his game console. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm just happy they're in the storyline and maybe they can get some TV time and they'll develop on the mic a little bit more and let their personalities come over a little bit more and develop that part of them because, you, you know, 10 years... It's wrestling, man. I find all this shit offensive. It just is what it no, is. No, that's fine. I, I, just, I wanted your, like, just straight-up answer because I saw it and I'm like, I think it's clever that they're keeping private party faces and they're still young and enthusiastic and athletic and and just likable, but like Hardy is making him seem like scumbags. Tony Khan's making him seem like scumbags. Jerry Lynn's cheating for them to win the match. When they're like, "Hey, we won by gin and juice," and Hardy and and Jerry Lynn are like, "Oh no, we we helped you win. We're the reason you won." Like you you know what I mean? No, I know exactly what you mean. But it's wrestling. I just don't expect anything other. No, that that's fair. I mean, like that's a really, really good example and really good take because I I just wasn't sure where it landed. You know, I don't, I don't have thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Okay, so this is time for topic four. 
And I guess since this is more my style with the, the Japanese style, the strong style, the King's Road style, whatever you want to call it, this is the homogenized welcome to Japan topic. So as the time, at, a, at the time this, uh, this show goes up, the last New Japan, uh, the new beginning episode will be over, episode, event, whatever you want to call it, with Ibushi versus Sonata. Uh-oh. Uh oh, Tony has some. Uh, this is sports, but it's ironic to me. <clears throat> I'm sorry if I'm interrupting Japanese wrestling. I apologize. Is it Japanese baseball? No, it's not. It's NFL. <laughs> Go. The Bears just hired Mike Pettin as their defensive coordinator. What? Good luck with that. Yeah, fucking Christ. Okay. The Bears uh, don't want to win this year, do they? Because first they're talking about trading him for Wentz. Now they want that. <laughs> oh, the Bears are going to suck for a few years. I, uh, RIP to Patrick O'Dowd and his hopes and dreams for the next three or four years. Like, there we go. I'm guessing nice. they're hoping he knows something that they don't. All right, back to back to yeah I, I apologize i just saw that and yeah Packers wow are gonna win the next the, the division for the next well, couple years that's well, all you're happy about no i don't know <laughs> it's, it's just weird all right hold on the chair always use your head we now rejoin pot is war already in progress <laughs> yes anyway back to japan so New Japan has the New Beginning Tour. The third episode, the third event will be happening. By the time you listen to this, it would have already happened. And it's the Kota Ibushi versus Sonata match. And it's the six-man that Tony tried to allude to last week, but we don't care because six-man and the six-man never suck. Because it's Jay White and the Gorillas of Destiny versus Yoshihashi, Tomohiro Ishii, and Hiroki Goto. So... Do you have any hot takes on where you think this is going to be? Because at this point, it's going to already happen, so we'll know if we're wrong. But we don't know that right now. Damn, I really hate that you do that to me, because I have... You so I figured you'd just go on your whole Golden Star rant. Well, I'm sure that the champ is going to win, because it's a bad look for the champ to lose, considering he just got the belt three weeks ago. I mean, he technically defended once against Jay White, so it wouldn't be his first defense loss. But you know what I'm saying. You got to make the champ. I completely. Gotta... I'm just saying that at least it's not a one and done. Yeah, but you got to keep the champ strong. Especially. So then, then Go ahead. Continues to lose. Yeah. I'm not, I, that's fine. I you yeah, know. Yeah. I know you know because you've been a recent enough fan to know that Sonata kind of chokes in big spots. And he's had plenty of shots against Okada and all this other shit. And he just, he loses. So does anything come out, does anything play into Sonata where he came out and said that he admitted that his mic skills were bad? I I don't think that plays into it because I think it's, it's endearing. I think the fans find that cute because they already find him attractive aesthetically. And the fact that, you know, he doesn't say much and he just kind of, motions to them to cheer him on and they, they rally behind him anyway I think they find that adorable that you know it's a little self deprecating but it's nothing they didn't already know so I, I think it just it's kind of more of the same Chris don't don't be surprised because of everything you just said and you know New Japan and Ghetto they do long term booking so don't be surprised if 
Sonata makes some waves in the G1, and perhaps he gets a... Don't be surprised if uh, in night one or night two in the Tokyo Dome come next July, or excuse me, next January, if Sonata's in one of those title matches. That's possible, especially because after the Tuesday, the Wednesday edition of uh, The New Beginning, we saw Dangerous Techers lost the tag match against Gorillas of Destiny, which that's an interesting caveat because that could split them back up into singles competition or they could remain a tag team because Taichi was more happy to get his his, his iron fingers back, the gloves from Izuka and we're kind of at that point where Taichi's been on fire the last year or two and he's been putting on some great matches we all know Zack Sabre Jr. is a great wrestler like I know Tani, Tani really really enjoys his work so what if you get Ibushi versus Taichi? Because they set that groundwork in the G1 where Ibushi... I think Ibushi ended up winning, but Ibushi said something like, that's the type of wrestling he wants to do where it's the fighting spirit, lots of kicks, lots of striking, lots of... You don't know who's going to win until the final kick lands. Like, that's Ibushi styles for, uh, style of wrestling. Like, do you think this leads to Taichi getting maybe a shot and as weird as the sentence is going to be to say maybe Taichi getting a title run number one I don't I love Ibushi but I don't understand this masochistic streak he has in him it's like it's like oh he's just not going to be satisfied until he kills himself in the ring yeah I could see uh especially considering we have a whole year until the next Wrestle Kingdom I could certainly see Taichi getting a shot here and it would probably be a damn good match as well I don't think that he's gonna they're gonna give him the title but hell I didn't think they were going to take it off of Naito twice. So who, who who knows what's going to happen at this point in time. Oh, that's a good point. And uh, there we go. So I don't really want to talk about the six-man. Do you really want to talk about the six-man? Do you think Jay White and the Gorillas of Destiny or anything to discuss over Yoshihashi and Hiroki Goto and the Stone Pitbull? So what do you – I do want to ask you this, though. What do you think the odds are that we see Gorillas of Destiny, seeing as how they, they're kind of reforming the Bullet Club on this continent? What are the odds are that you think we see the Gorillas of Destiny at some particular point in time this year down in Jacksonville? Ooh. I think it depends on if they come to New Japan Strong first. Because the Gorillas of Destiny did spend a little bit of time on New Japan Strong in the beginning. Bef- you know, when they couldn't make it to Japan because of COVID restrictions. So, if somebody invades New Japan Strong, I could totally see Tama and Tongaloa kind of throwing a uh, a haymaker back. So, it's possible. Tama's a big worker. I mean, if you if you watched it, or if anybody listening watched the Chris Van Vliet interview with Enzo and with Tama, it's all work. Like, Tama was pissed off that they didn't tell him or Loa about the Enzo running for the ROH New Japan G1 Supercard, but he was stirring shit because he's all about that work. He's, he's got that, that kind of mentality. Yeah, yeah. Like he did, he didn't like it, but if there was money to be made, he definitely wanted to make that money. So same thing here. If there's money to be made, I don't think Tama's gonna say no. It's just wherever the money flows, Tama goes. And that's that's kind of that. There's some money being made round here. There's some <laughs> money being made round here. Big old house, Range Rover, diamond rings. If you like that kind of thing, 
So, anyway, since New Japan isn't the only Japanese thing to talk about this week, and that was a good reference, anyway, fuck it, stop it. Anyway, um, what we talked about a couple weeks ago with Ray Cash is now coming to fruition this Friday. So, tomorrow, as of if you're listening to this when it goes up, and if not, on, on the 12th, February 12th, is the Pro Wrestling Noah show at the Budokan with Keiji Muto, Great Muda versus Goshi Ozaki for the GHC Heavyweight Championship. There's also, it, it's got a lot of heavy, heavy uh, generational undertones because Marafuji is going to be teaming with Junakiyama. And Junakiyama, in case people are unaware, is basically the, the closest thing to one of the four pillars, four heavenly kings, whatever you want to call Kobashi, Misawa, Kawada, and Tawe left wrestling because he was, he was Misawa's direct protege. Noah, when it was created 21 years ago, was created basically for Akiyama. He was created, it was created for him as the ace. And that didn't completely come to fruition, but he's been, he, he wrestled against Baba, he wrestled against Stan Hansen, Jumbo Saruta, you know, Misawa, Vader, all, all of the names of the 90s and the late 80s and the 2000s, Akiyama's been there, and it's Marufuji and Akiyama versus two of the younger guys, uh, Yoshi, uh, Yoshiki Inamura and uh, Kaito Kiyomiya, and then you've got the the GHC National Championship is Masakatsu Funaki, who is a former King of Pancrase, like uh, Minoru Suzuki, versus their current champion, Keno, who he's just, he screams a lot, he's angry, he likes to kick people, Chris, I think you'd like him. But <laughs> either way, like it's it's just a lot of gener- generational matches aside from the main event. So I love the concept that Noah is bringing to this, where it's the old guard meets the new guard, and this is the new Noah. So if they can sell well, if it gets good reviews, the new Noah can kind of come to fruition and start doing shows at Budokan like Noah used to do for a straight decade, you know, when Misawa started the company and right after his death. And then it's been a little over a decade since they last did it because they've been in a weird spot financially, let's call it that. So where does that concept, you know, kind of land with you? Because I know you may not be familiar with everybody, but you understand the old school versus the new school and what it could mean for the, the big picture. You know, Balls, I'm not going to lie. With all due respects to everybody you just named, it, it kind of strikes me as an indie over here on this side of the pond where, okay, we got Gangrel, we got Tony Atlas, we got Jake the Snake, we got Honky Tonk Man, and we're going to put them up against, you know, our, our the, the guys that are here in this particular indie promotion. Or even if we're trying to do a pay-per-view, we're just going to get a bunch of names from the past that may be a little past their prime or a lot past their prime. We're going to put them up against some young people and Hopefully we can make some money off of doing that. That 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 that's kind of how it strikes me. And no disrespect to Noah, because at this point in time, what else are they gonna do? Because New Japan's been carrying the banner for the last what decade now, and they're struggling right now because uh, you know struggling in terms of trying to keep relevance because of the COVID. So you gotta do what you gotta do. I am interested in seeing Mudo wrestle though. I might go out of my way and use my nefarious means to watch this because of how and how. How high of a regard that I, I, I hold Mudo in? I'll just say this to people surrounding Gangrel. If he's trying to teach you something, the last thing you want to tell him is, I know. 
Just a little suggestion okay, to cool. those around Gangrel. I just just a little insider info. I see. So uh, is that he's gonna get mad or he's just gonna lay it in heavier? Like, like what does what yes. does the I know exactly get you? You know what? The answer is yes. You know what? Just just say no, that. Just just say that to him and find out what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what or if you not. do know? What if he asks you what your number is and then you know you know? How do I know? <laughs> How do I know? I, what I is just, my number, Mister Grail? I just know. exactly. I just know. What 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 if he spits like the acidic uh, blood listen, on your balls like he did to no, Carl listen, Anderson? I, I, I'm just passing along. I'm just, just I'm just ah, ah. I'm just passing along some sinful advice. Intre- uh very nice. I like the way you worded that. Yeah, good job. That was that was well played. Well that, played. that was pretty damn good. Yeah, yeah. Dust your shoulders off. That was good. So, aside from the Muda thing, does the generational thing interest you at all with the Noah aspect, or or does it really just come off like super indie to you? Yes. The okay. answer is yes. No, that's fair. I mean, that's yeah. fine. I, I I know that you know I'm the, I'm the definitely the bigger Japanese wrestling fan here, but at least you're you're slightly interested in something, so I'll take that as a marginal win. Yeah, like I said, I might go out of my way this weekend to watch that Mudo match, man, through nefarious means, obviously. But mm-hmm. yeah, and who knows? Maybe I'll check out uh, more of the card. Which isn't that the point? Regardless of the guys are past their prime or whatnot, isn't that the point? I'm I'm intrigued on the poppy I side mean, of the even the older poppy. guys aren't completely past their prime prime right now. So like you you're gonna have some good matches either way. And I can't tell you the last time I've watched a Noah show, or even I can't tell you the last time I watched a Noah match. It's been damn Almost near a year. year now, right? Yeah, yeah, damn near a year now. Because it, it was the Fujita Shizaki stare down for a half hour. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm back and better than ever. <laughs> <laughs> once a year, once a year, Noah ropes you yeah, in. Baby. It's yeah, fine. Phenomenal <laughs> World Wrestling Federation card. Slick, come on in. I know about your vast managerial background at Pink Cadillac and those six ladies up in Detroit, but I want to talk right now about Butch Reed, the natural going against Pedro Morales at the West Palm Beach Auditorium here on Wednesday night. Before I say anything about Morales, I'm going to tell you something, Santana. Sooner or later, I'm going to get you. But you know what, Morales, since we can't get you right now, since you best friends with the chump, then you can just step right up and take this whooping that's intended for him. Because nobody but nobody puts their hands on the slickster and then walk away and laugh and brag about it. Now then, I'm going to beat you like a war-eyed mattress, brother. Myself, after this man, set you up for me. That's all I got to say. All right. I'm on a hold. Push read. I'm on a holding. And I'm on a gagging. And I'm on that slick, take that stick, and just beat all the wet off that boy's back. <laughs> I'm on that slick, take that stick, and I'm gonna let him beat some black and blue marks on him. And when he goes visit his mama, she won't even know who he is. Pedro Morales, you just step in line, boy. I know that you and Tito Santana call yourself, hey, y'all ain't Boon Coon, you know best friends for y'all don't know what I'm talking about. So you be prime example, because I'm sure enough going to make a prime example out of you, Mr. X, world's heavyweight champion. 
That's right, boy. Bush Reed is on the move. And all you got to do is just pour a little bit more gasoline on the fire to get me to burning, and I'm going to start smoking me some booty down in West Palm Beach, Florida. Starts with you. Thank you very much, Pete. So this past week, we lost, at least in my opinion, a luminary in the wrestling world. Had saw Butch Reed, he transitioned after having suffering, I believe it was two heart attacks within the last few months. So, I mean, he wasn't in the best help, but he got up out of here last week. And I, I you know, personally, I just wanted to pay him his propers. Um, I know a lot of people, especially our younger viewers, might not be that familiar with him. I think his prime probably came in his runs in Mid-South, ran by Bill Watts. I know he had a legendary feud with Junkyard Dog. He had some legendary matches versus Nature Boy Ric Flair down there. Uh, You may remember him in WWE in the mid to late 80s as The Natural. They painted his hair blonde, and he came out. And there's always been this rumor that he was scheduled to win the IC title one night, and he no-called, no-showed. And that that spot ended up going to the Honky Talk Man, which led to that year-long run with him. I think, at least, I I, I don't want to speak for Andrew here, but I feel like I can, being as how we were both NWA, WCW marks coming up. The run that most people would remember with was would be with him and Ron Simmons in WCW slash NWA as Doom. Very underrated tag team, I thought. Uh, they had woman with him for a little bit, and then Teddy Hart ended up taking over. I feel like that team was broke up sooner than they needed to be. I think there was still some more tread on the tire or meat on the bone or whatever metaphor you want to use. But I, I really just wanted to give Hacksaw Butch Reed his props because, you know, PC, Balls, growing up in the 80s and 90s as a child, as a black wrestling fan, there weren't a whole lot of people that looked like me that I saw on a day-in and day-out basis. So when I saw one and saw one that had some sort of modicum of its success, they, they stood out in my mind. And for that reason alone, I just wanted to give Hacksaw Butch Reed his propers, man. And R.I.P., we'll see you on the other side. And my thoughts and prayers and condolences go out to the family and loved ones of Hacksaw Butch Reed. No, and and I I agree completely with you that I remember him mostly from Crockett, WCW, you know, with Doom, with Ron Simmons, matches with like the Steiner brothers, and when Woman was with them, and Teddy Long, not not Teddy Hart, Teddy Long, just to <laughs> just to not misspeak. Capital Combat, nineteen ninety, Butch uh, Reed and Ron Simmons defeat the Steiner brothers and become tag team champions. Yeah, excellent and match. Like, Go back and watch it. They, oh, it was. It was a damn good match, and they were they were ahead of their time in a way. Like you're right. Like Ron Simmons was the first what black black world champion. Like Butch mm-hmm. Reed, Butch Reed could could have easily been that that role. Like he had a look, he had the physique, he was competent in the ring to pull off whatever he needed to pull off. Like neither one of them are a slouch, and. They were always a joy to watch, and I wish I wish I had a little more of a knowledge of their older of Butch's older stuff and anything he might have done before that. But I don't, and it's like 
Doom Doom was still fucking huge though. Like I agree with you that they're a little underrated because they get lost in that sauce because they're not the Steiners. They're not the Road Warriors. They're kind of it's oh yeah, that's right. Doom was a thing. That that's kind of where people go with when they remember Doom with the oh right that they were the insert tag team here. They weren't the Midnight Express. They weren't the Rock and Roll Express. So they could have been they only had one run with the WCW belt, if I remember correctly, after that signer match. But they, they were still damn good. Teddy Long would talk his ass off to put them over, and they looked like a million fucking bucks. So mm-hmm. it was good time. I echo every sentiment you guys said. You know, Butch Reed is a, a phenomenal talent and just a guy you should go back and watch some of the things he did. I want to put over Capital Combat for one second and talk about this card real quick that he was involved in. It's ridiculous. No, no. This, no, no, no. Seriously, this, this listen the, to this listen. The, no, listen to the people this, that were on this card, though. I want you to listen to who was all on this card. No, no, no. This is good. This is the RoboCop card. It is, but you had the Road Warriors. You had Bam Bam Bigelow, Cactus Jack, and Kevin Sullivan. You had the Undertaker versus Johnny Ace, Mean Mark, if you will. <clears throat> Mike Rotunda hey, and Tommy Mark Rich. Was- Fatu, Lord you have Knight. a hair versus hair match with Teddy Long and Paul Ellering. You have the Midnight Express. One of them had hair. Midnight Express versus. No, no, at the time they did. Pretty Paul had hair. Midnight... You're right. He had the mullet, and Teddy yeah. Long always wore the do rag. He had the side shit popping off, though. I feel mm-hmm. you. Midnight Express versus Flying Brian and the Z Man. You got Rock and Roll Express against the fabulous Rock and Roll Express against the fabulous Freebirds. You obviously have the tag match we just talked about, and to finish off, Lex Luger. And Ric Flair with Woman, BTW. And not only that, but oh, that's right. a that young... Oh, that's right. match because a, thing got hurt, right? A much younger Dave Ungar is also in the crowd at said match. Now, do you see him? I did not, but when I told him I was watching it, after I heard of the news, I went back and watched this tag team match. He said, look for me in the crowd. Interesting. So where was RoboCop? Because I'm pretty sure that he was on this card. I, I don't know. I just kind of read through it for you. I really only watched the tag. That was it. a War Games card, wasn't it? Where oh. RoboCop came out to help Sting out of the cage? This might have been where War Game, where uh, RoboCop set up that uh, angle and just came out and whatever, and then they did that because down the I road. Think, I think this was the one where Sting got hurt because Flair was supposed to put him over. But yeah. Sting got hurt and Luger was the fill-in. So yes. Flair had to beat Luger because he already made the promise to Sting. And this, this was the slow burn until Sting got healthy, and that's why the RoboCop thing happened, because Sting was still technically banged up. Right? Yeah, this was I the return of right. RoboCop. Yes, return of RoboCop. Which, it kind of killed Luger at that particular point in time, because, you know, Luger, who's who in the history of anything has made more money solely off potential than Lex Luger? God bless well, him for that. <laughs> But, Luger having the right. personality of a fucking flagpole kills Lex Luger. I, I don't know. Qu- okay, hot take, hot take. Who made more part, more money off of potential, Luger or Buff Bagwell? Go. Luger. Luger. He no, no, I, I was just throwing it out there because Buff has made a decent amount of money off of it, and he's still on that, that, that Cowboys for Angels kind of like little fucking uh, – fucking stripper site or whatever the hell gigolo site so you never know he might be making still a decent bit of cash off of that sounding like fucking bobby hill 
I'm sure he is, but I'm sure, you know, when so Marcus Alexander Bagwell set out to make his name in the world, it wasn't going to be with his face plowed into the faces or to the uh, vaginas of rich, ugly bitches. I'm pretty sure that was know, his like, life. Remember the hey, Harvey got to make Marcus money. Alexander Bagwell was a tool, bitch. <laughs> Scotty Riggs, though. Scotty Riggs was the truth. That's where it was at with the American males. I was kind of... I was always bummed that he lost it, that their kayfabe lost the eye and had to join Raven's flock because he had, like, the whole depth perception oh, issue. I think, the, I think the Kraken's got a hold of your brain. The crack, somebody get the Kraken out of his brain. <laughs> yes, yes, the Kraken is in your brain. At least Buff had charisma. You can't say that about Scotty Riggs, man. Buff had one line. One line, and he didn't even say it charismatically. I'm buff, I'm tough, I'm the stuff, and if you don't agree with me, I guess you're just not enough. That's all he had. Yeah, that's all you need. He had a look, and he had charisma. Well, a lot of of people have made money off of that. Not just in wrestling, either. Look at Cher, and I love Cher. She got an Oscar and a Grammy, and she can neither sing nor act. I, th- I think I prefer my hole over buff and tough and the stuff. You know what I can? And that's all I can say right there. All right. That being said, we brought it through here. <laughs> Shout out to Nia Jackson, her hole. Shout out oh, to yeah. Bagwell with his face and uh, some ugly women's, but wealthy women's vaginas right now. <laughs> Get your money. Get your money. Get your money. Shout out to Hacksaw Butch Reed. R.I.P. Like Kingpin. Shout out to all his family. Shout out to NXT TakeOver. Shout out to whatever Impact got going on. Shout out to Pro Wrestling Noah and New Japan, who all have big shows this weekend. Uh, Mr. Belaz, why don't you let the good folks know where they can find you, sir? You can find me on I, on uh, the Twitter at IWC Warchief. You know, I don't think I'll be canceled, but maybe I will. That'll be fun. I've kind of always wanted to be part of like one of those, those cancel culture like waves. Just see how much the mentions blow up. Because... You know, I, I don't say the most politically correct shit, so I'm, I'm surprised nobody's tried to get, get salty. Maybe we're not big enough. Maybe we need to get bigger. See, there we go. There we go. If you want to cancel me, make us popular first, and then cancel me, and I'll totally be okay with that. IWC Warchief, Twitter.com. Make it happen. I'm still tripping out on his toupee-looking hair. Like, it looks like if he's going to sneeze, he's got to put his head on top of it so that it doesn't start to go either way or just pop up off but that's what it looks like it's a flat hair day man motherfucker i don't i don't dog on you for a bad lineup motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> well you could if you knew what a bad lineup on a brother looked like but you don't so i i'm cool mr tunny where can they find you sir speaking can... of bad lineups <laughs> <laughs> I like how you still managed to bury him at the very last line. That's amazing. I love you, Tuddy, but blame balls. He set me up for it. Well, you know I, I love you. Hey, it's my fault. That's that one. Tuddy, Tuddy, you, you want you, some cookie cake? You can find me in St. Louis, rolling on dubs, smoking on dubs, mean mugs and shoulder shrugs, and it's all because Chris Platt. You know, he just kind of aggravated. No, seriously, you can find me at PC Tunny. I uh, love this show. Love everything that's going on, Chairshot Radio Network. Make sure you check it out. TheChairshot.com, sports, entertainment, and sports entertainment. We're trying to do it for you. So we appreciate everybody that's listening. We really, really do. 
couldn't have said it better myself. You can find me on Twitter at the Real C Plat. But seriously, check us out. We've got something every day. We've got the Daily Chair Shot Radio. Of course, Pot is War. Check out Three Man Weave, the Miranda Show, the Greg DeMarco Show, Bandwagon Nerds. The winner is you. Of course, I, dare I say the flag? I'm not gonna say the flagship. But I'm gonna say the OG DWI podcast. It's the OG of the site. Y'all know that. Outsiders Edge. Mags, he got some shit going on, and many, many other cool ass podcasts. We've got great articles going up day in and day out. And if you want to make sure you keep preventing, let's try that again. If you want to make sure we keep providing this fire ass content that we do on a day in and day out basis, I cannot stress this enough, folks. We depend on listeners like you and readers like you to go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot and pick up an official chair shot t-shirt you're going to find something you like i guarantee it all you got to do is go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot and you will find something that not only would you like that you will buy and you will wear aka rock either way hey r.i.p hacksaw butch reed r.i.p nia Jax's whole r.i.p marty schottenheimer and anything else we lost this week. R.I.P. Pedro Gomez as well, OG from ESPN and covering baseball. He's a he was a legend in this game. So we all grew up watching him. So R.I.P. to him as well. If you lost somebody or you know somebody that lost somebody, R.I.P. to them as well. It's hard times right now, y'all. We're just trying to batten down the hatches and hold it together. I promise we'll come out on the other side of this swinging and stronger than ever. We just got to remember we got to stick together because we all we got. For Commissioner PC Tunney, for Andrew Snowfake Blast, I'm Mr. Velvet Pipes, Christopher Platt. Thank you all for tuning in to the latest edition of Pod is War. We'll see you right back here next week. Same Platt time, same Platt channel. Until then, shalom. Hit it, Carly. Chairshot.com. Always use your head.